Welcome to the TJI Preaching and Ministry Podcast, your source for all things preaching and ministry from the Jenkins Institute. This is your host, Jonathan Sanford, and now your friend, Jeff and Dale Jenkins. I'd like to welcome you to the Jenkins Institute Podcast on Preaching and Ministry. Dale, Dale uh, it's, this is a late night that we're putting this program on the air, and uh, you're sinking because I can't see you, and uh, that's good. Dale, welcome. I'm glad to be with you tonight. Well, it's uh, Thanksgiving Eve, which is not a national holiday, but probably should be, and uh, just coming back tonight from our annual thanks singing that we've been doing for about 10 years now, and always enjoy that time together. It's a special night because uh, tomorrow a lot of people watch pray and sleep late and have a good meal and spend time with family. And uh, it's good to be good to be with you, Jeff. What's happening up in over in Dallas? Well, Dale, if you're in Texas on Thanksgiving, you uh, watch a little bit of the parade, and then you uh, eat a lot of food, and then you watch the Cowboys play. And this year, it is actually exciting to watch the Cowboys play. Nine and one, going to ten and one tomorrow, maybe, and we'll see. Yes, but sir. We're looking for us to do a help desk. Hadn't done it a help desk in a while, so we've got two or three good questions being called in. Maybe a few more, but we'll get to what we can get to. Okay. All righty, let's go. Okay, I'll read the first one. Uh, individual had a practical question. Uh, they say that uh, they have used the ESV for about 10 years, the English Standard Version of the Bible for about 10 years. But the church that they preach at, most of the people are more familiar with the King James Version, uh, the New King James Version. Thinking about whether they should go back to the New King James Version because that's what people are using. Uh, nobody's complained about it or made a big deal about it, but he just wanted to know what our thoughts were about that. Well, I would say, first of all, that um, you know, we have the, the, the beauty or the luxury, the option, or however you want to say that, to use um, whatever translation we feel most comfortable with when it comes to our preaching. Um, it might be worthwhile to, uh, to use what most of the people are using, but not necessarily so. Uh, sometimes it's good to get different uh, different translations, you get different ideas on translation of a passage. And so um, I would encourage the preacher to do what he feels most comfortable with. Well, and if our memorization and, and, and your comfort is with a translation that you know and you try to go to another one, sometimes that can be challenging. Uh, there is no such thing as we all know as a perfect translation. There are some that I like better than others, and what other people like better than others, but uh, there are a lot of translations out there nowadays. Uh, nice to have a standard translation, but such does not exist anymore, and uh, there may actually be some benefit, and I know sometimes people say it's nice to be people reading, reading from the same translation you're reading from, but it also might be nice at times to put a from a different translation because if it's a good translation they get uh, you know two different words maybe in different places that help them uh, help shed light on the text itself um, and and there might be Jeff one caveat to that and that is if you if you're at a church and you have guests that come with you have a pew Bible 
I used to preach out of sometimes a pew Bible, and I can say when you would have a lot of guests, the text that we're going to be studying from is such and such, and it's on page such and such in the Bible in front of you, and there was an advantage there. Yes, that's uh, that's very true. It seems like nowadays, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to put text up on the screen, and so uh, I know we don't, like at Louisville, we don't always put the text up on the screen that I'm preaching from because we, we don't want to just go using their Bibles. It uh, seems like we've gotten to where we kind of get lazy and we make it easy for everybody. So, so we, don't wanna, uh, we don't want to uh, discourage people from getting comfortable using their Bible and, and from hopefully cause them to continue to study whether they're at home or they're sitting in a Bible class or listening in a worship service. And Jeff, the fact is a large number of people nowadays will have a, uh, their Bible on their cell phone or on an iPad or some other device. And, uh, and somebody may say, well, our people don't, but that's a growing number everywhere, and it's probably going to continue to grow, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not, and I think you're right. I think it will become more popular, especially uh, it seems like among younger folks, they, they use their their smartphones and their iPads for everything, and so um, I don't see why we should be opposed to them using it uh, with their Bible. Uh, you know, we tell people, if you feel comfortable doing that, go ahead. We encourage you not to use it for other things during the worship service, but uh, uh, if that's if that's what you feel most comfortable with, go ahead. And, and and you know we can be upset that people are using them, or we can embrace the fact that they're probably going to and learn to help make the most of that technology. You know, technology always uh, will advance, and we need to use it for the very best that we can. All right, Jeff, we've got another good question, and uh, you ready for it? Yes, this question said. Uh, uh, I'm frustrated right now with the feeling of competition between congregations. I know this isn't a new topic, which is why I thought you would probably have some thoughts on it. Well, um, I would have to concur. It is, it is frustrating when churches begin to think that they are in competition with each other instead of the one that we are to be against. We become against each other. And uh, this tends to happen, Jeff, in more, it seems to me, in areas where I have a luxury of a number of congregations. Reaching out, they began to compete between each other to have more members. So I would say let's be real honest and open. We're uh, all human beings, and we have weaknesses. And, um, you know, if we're in a congregation that maybe isn't, has it grow, been growing lately as much as uh, it has in the past, maybe plateaued a little bit, and there's another congregation nearby that's growing, and seems like the new people come in the area, and those people choose that other congregation. Uh, because we're human beings and we have weaknesses, sometimes we, have, we struggle with that. Yeah, I think that's uh, very good, Jeff, to be just honest about that. We want our congregation to grow. And when we see another one growing, it's, it's difficult. And even if it's not growth, I hear people say, well, they're just swelling. Well, you know, sometimes it'd be nice if congregation swelled a little bit too. Just, I, I, think the key to, I think the key there to what we're talking about is that that's a weakness that we have. 
Yeah. So if, we, if we were if we were perfect and didn't have that weakness, we would uh, we would be able to rejoice uh, like we probably should. Uh, and so, because it's a weakness, it means that's something we ought to work on. Yeah, I would say uh, advice here would be to do everything in your power to avoid jealousy. And if you have a number of congregations in the area and they're good, solid churches, I would think it would be healthy to get together. Uh, maybe the preachers or, you know, if that could happen, and the elders, if that could happen, that would be nice. and to talk about it, you know. And, you know uh, they suddenly stop attending and they're going, or family with us, and they suddenly stop attending and start attending another congregation. We want, all of us, if we're right, we want what's healthiest for them spiritually. If they can be healthier spiritually than another congregation, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. But if we're just jealous and we're competing for members, it, it, it's not going to be a healthy thing. And so find a way where we can cooperate with one another, even even as congregations. Again, if if we can, uh, if we feel comfortable, if we feel uh, feel like it's a good thing, then why not spend some time uh, maybe in some community project or or even even some kind of joint worship service from time to time? Uh, if if uh, we feel comfortable doing that and I think that would help alleviate a little bit of, of jealousy or, or a spirit of competition. And um, again, uh, that's something we need to work on, so we need to find ways that we can work on it. And what we want to avoid is, uh, I think we want to avoid members who uh, get dissatisfied at one place over some matter and jump to another rather than dealing with problems and issues in their own life or, or that congregation. And then, you know, they go to another church and then six months later they get dissatisfied with something there and they're not growing any spiritually because they're always hopping around and jumping around. And, and, and you may say, well, they're our church now. Great. We've got more numbers. Well, no, not really because first of all, they're not going to stay there long. Second, they're not growing spiritually. And that's, that's gotta be our interest. Uh, we've got more interest in people's souls than that. Don't we? Yes. And, and, and again, when we have cooperation and some, some joint activities, then that will help us know the congregation better. And if we're, if we're um, you know, of the same mind, people will find out that the congregations are basically the same. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, Jeff, uh, the person started by saying that uh, wanted to, they were curious as whether or not we take requests or not. We've been doing help desks for several years now. And we, we do love to get questions, don't we? Yes, we do. And so uh, we encourage you, if you have a question, uh, please uh, write us. You can uh, reach us through email at tji at the jenkinsinstitute.com. That's tji at the jenkinsinstitute.com. And just send your question. And if you, you feel like you need an immediate answer, let us know, and we'll try to get back with you as quickly as we can. Or they could they could put a question on a message on Facebook to us, or they could uh, they could call us either one if they want to ask, or they could send a courier pigeon and, and send a message to us via courier pigeon. That may take a little longer for the response, but however, we we want to hear from you, and uh, you know we get questioned a lot of different ways, and, and we appreciate it, and I like the opportunity to have to have a chance to ask your question. And again, we say if you, you feel like you need an immediate answer, just let us know because uh, we don't want to put you on hold if you feel like you need something right away. Our goal is to try to encourage preachers and to help preachers as much as we possibly can. And so we'd love 
love to hear from preachers and we'd love to try to help when we can. Jeff, I think we have time for one more. Let's take this last question here. Uh, they had an individual that came and asked about baptism and uh, th through their webpage and they invited them to come and study and they, they, the person thought that they had, they had studied already and, and learned some about immersion and thought they needed to be baptized. And so they came over on Wednesday night and they studied with them and the person agreed they needed to be baptized and the preacher baptized them. And uh, they were welcomed with open arms and everybody's all excited about everything and the person never came back. And uh, they said uh, they finally got in touch with the lady and she said that uh, she was surprised she was baptized so early in the process and uh, started attending a, a church that was not a congregation of the Lord's Church. And uh, they asked what we could do to better increase commitment and a level of sincerity. Well, my first thought is I, I'm not sure that we can will ever be able to always comprehend somebody's uh, uh, increasing somebody's understanding of the level of sincerity. Are you I don't, suggesting I don't know that we can't read the minds' hearts? Yeah, I don't know how we judge somebody's sincerity. Um, now, increasing commitment, it's, it, it looks like to me from looking at this question that the church and the people involved did everything they possibly could. Uh, and I think, I think we just try to do our best. We do the very best that we can. And if somebody makes that decision or, or makes that choice or, or chooses to do their word or their confession, then that's between them and the Lord. And all we can do is the best we can and then pray about it as much as possible. Uh, don't, I would say don't give up quickly. Um, you know, stay in, try to stay in touch with the person. And uh, until they say, leave me alone. <laughs> well, and, and Jeff, you know, this isn't a game we're involved in here. Our jobs to teach truth. And, you know, if a person wants to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, uh, we, we have the obligation to do everything we can to, to, uh, to make sure they're sincere. But, but we don't have a job to interrogate them. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to study with people. I want to know. I want to believe they understand what they're doing. But, but ultimately... This is a relationship between them and God. And so they've got to, you know, they we, we can't judge them on that. No, that's exactly right. And, and I do think it's important for us when we when someone does become a Christian, whether it's somebody that we've been studying with for a long time or somebody who, who comes quickly like this individual, I do believe it's important for us to do everything that we can to welcome them with open arms to do everything that we can to get them involved in the life of the church, to, to do everything we can to get them involved in, in, in our Bible school program and to uh, get people to, to greet them and welcome them. But beyond that, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. But I think the, real, the real danger, Dale, is when, when somebody is baptized and we don't try to do those things. That's, that's when we're in real trouble. That's right. And it doesn't sound like that's what this church has done at all or what their minister did. Um, it sounds like they did the best they could. And, and, and maybe, you know, maybe it would call for a, a little bit of a summit in the congregation to say, you know, what are ways we can better capitalize when the person comes to Christ and, and encourage them more. But uh, we can only do what we can do. And we need to, constantly strive to do our very best and to even learn how to do better if we can. 
but uh, again, if the part, if the problem is sincerity and commitment on the other person's part, uh, there's not a whole lot we can do on that other than do our very best to teach them to be sincere and committed. And then they get to decide how they're going to live, right? Exactly right. Yes. Well, Jeff, it's been great to be together. Hope you have a lot of turkey tomorrow. And uh, I, I guess I have to say, I hope your Cowboys win too. Hey, thank you very much, Dale, and hope you and your family enjoy the day together. And I look forward to being with you the next time. We want to thank everybody who, who uh, tunes into this podcast whenever you tune in. And we hope everybody has a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And um, may the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer for you. <laughs>